Location this week. Where in the world is Sports 601? <laughs> we, uh, we could describe, I guess, kind of where we may be and have people to guess, but I guess we'll just go ahead and tell them. We're uh, podcasting here at uh, Bay Springs High School in Bay Springs, Mississippi, home of the Bulldogs. Yep. They are. Uh, they only have one loss, right? Yeah, one loss yeah. on the year. Yeah, they got they got waxed by Taylorsville um, <laughs> over here. And I'm saying this is Dan Brady sitting next to me. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got a special guest on our podcast today, uh, head coach Dan Brady of the Bay Springs Bulldogs. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Uh, but welcome to Sports 601 Podcast, Season 1 episode 10 i'm your host james Pugh. i cover sports for sports601.com and the laurel impact for jasper jones smith and wayne county and to my 12 o'clock uh, who covers sports for us for sports601.com for the hattiesburg impact for forrest lamar and covington county kevin Lindsay. would i rather be feared or loved um easy both i want people to be afraid of how much they love me well, Kevin, uh, how did you do in week nine? I barely slept above 500. I finished five and four. I uh, have a 68.29% winning on the season, and uh, I'm falling a little bit behind you, but I'm going to rebound this week. We will be okay moving forward. <laughs> you you have not done so well in the last two weeks, man. What what Are you losing your mojo? No, it's the teams that are losing the mojo. <laughs> It is the teams. I blame this on the teams, not the picker. That is what's going on. No excuses now. No excuses. No excuses. Well, I well, guess what? I had three losses again. Three. I think this <laughs> three is your magic number, man. I, man, I mean, this is like week six in a row that uh, no matter how many wins I pull off, this week was eight. Uh, I always managed to have three losses, and uh, I can't overcome it. I, I don't. I don't know what to do, man. And I, I feel like you're going to have three losses again this week. We disagreed on some picks. Yeah, I, man. And I said a couple of weeks ago that. Uh, that the week, whatever week was, I, I don't remember exactly, that it kind of scared me because there were several games that I thought could go either way. And, and this week, it's kind of the same thing. I feel like there's several games that I picked that I, I had to really think about. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared this week, but uh, we'll see how how things go. I was 8-3 and three last week. Uh, overall, I'm 58-24. and 24. You, Kevin, are 56-26. and 26. I think we finally matched game totals. So we see that I'm uh, two games ahead. Of course, that may not hold. That may not stand. We'll see. Yeah. So it's a 70.73 winning percentage on the year. Like I said last week, I really want to get to 75%. I feel like that's when you know you're, you're pretty decent on your picks. 
So uh, hopefully I can get to there. We'll just have to see. Uh, then again, you know, when I want something to happen good, usually it doesn't go that way. So we'll just have to see. Uh, let's go through some games that we had uh, last Thursday and Friday night. Uh, kind of touch on them a little bit and give you all the final scores. We had uh, West Jones in a big game over Laurel. They win 24-14. to 14. Kevin, when I tell you they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, trust me on that. I have never seen a game uh, in the last couple of years where I thought there was just total domination on both sides of the ball up front. This was a game that uh, West Jones just came out to play. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this last week, and you picked Laurel, I picked West Jones, and I felt like West Jones was a little bit more of a complete team. Yeah. And I think that that showed. I'm, I'm a big proponent of offensive and defensive line. And whenever I did get to see West Jones a couple of weeks ago, they yeah. dominated along the offensive line. And sounds like that's what happened again. Yeah, you know, I mentioned it last week. I knew that West Jones had uh, a little bit better defense. I just didn't know they were going to dominate the way they did. And I think a lot of it had to do with how the game started. Laurel got the ball first uh, within three plays on offense. West Jones got a fumble recovery. And then on the first play from scrimmage on offense, uh, Alan Follis took it 31 yards. And just like that, it was seven to zero. West Jones scores on its next possession, makes it fourteen to zero. And from that point, it was just hard for Laurel to try to come back. Probably abandoned their game plan there uh, pretty early, just to try to get back in the game, and just just never could. Uh, I know the score seems a, a little bit close, but just remember Laurel scored a touchdown in the final minute of the game to make it seem a little bit closer than the game really was. Uh, so West Jones, a big winner. They remain undefeated on the season. And, uh, man, they got a good shot of going undefeated in the regular season. I, I know at my game we were talking about it, and I think everybody's kind of hoping for that showdown between West Jones and Picayune. Oh, yes. I feel like that's that's the inevitable in 5A, and uh, you never know. Yeah. Uh, other scores uh, last Thursday and Friday night had Heidelberg upset in Puckett 44-18. to Man, I did not see that coming. Uh, then you had Bay Springs, a winner over Mize, 32-8. to Mize was up 8-0 to at halftime. And I'm looking at Dan Brady as I'm saying this. Uh, but Bay Springs came out in the second half, got things done, uh, pulled off a 32-8 to win. You had Quitman and Northeast Jones playing. Quitman won that game 41-31. to Raleigh, a winner over McLaurin. 34 to 14, Brookhaven 49, South Jones 14, Stringer a one score win over Leake County 21 to 14, Bowling Green with a big win over Silver Bay 46 to 16, Taylorsville 55, Enterprise 18 picked up their first loss of the season and uh, got a big showdown here with Bay Springs at Enterprise uh, this Thursday night. We'll get into that a little bit later. Wayne Academy uh, picks up a win, a much-needed win. Uh, you get an 18-12 to 12 win over Columbia Academy. And then the final score from my area, Wayne County 55, Pascagoula 30. Kevin, talk about your games last Friday night. Yeah, we had some good ones, and then we had some that were just blowouts. Uh, we had Pedal. They defeated Northwest Rankin 28-21. I was so close to getting the score right on that, but uh, Northwest Rankin scored one point too many for me. Uh, Oak Grove defeated Terry 48-8. Hattiesburg got a big win over Pearl River Central, 35 to 25. They're keeping their playoff playoff hopes alive. Uh, JDC defeated Seminary in overtime. Uh, Jefferson Davis County continues to roll. Uh, Poplarville and Purvis, the game that I was at, 
wasn't much of a game. To be no, honest with you, I don't think anybody in the state predicted this. Uh, Forty to nothing at halftime, and went sixty-one to nothing wow. final. Uh, Poplarville could fall forward, it seemed like, for four or five yards. So uh, definitely, definitely a big loss for Purvis there. Ends their hot streak. Uh, Mount Olive done Mount Olive things as of late. They won fifty-two to ten over Sacred Heart, and then you have Jackson Academy. They defeated Presbyterian Christian fifty-one to thirty-three. Uh, Forest County Agricultural defeated Sumrall 20-7, and East Marion defeated Collins 12-0. Uh, my area, uh, just going to touch on this just for a second. Uh, the big story is Presbyterian Christian being ineligible now for the playoffs due to junior varsity forfeiting uh, their final three games. So because of that, the MAIS has ruled them ineligible to play uh, in the postseason, they are trying to uh, appeal that with the executive board because they only had nine players available in junior high. So everybody else was hurt. They just fell victim yeah. to injury. So uh, they didn't want to call seventh graders up to play against ninth graders. So we'll see what happens. But they have already been denied one appeal by the yeah. MAIS, and they're going to try again. So uh, we'll get you updates uh, as those come available. But that was my week and weekend. All right, before we get into week 10, as I mentioned, special guest this week, uh, Dan Brady, the head coach of the Bay Springs Bulldogs. And uh, Kevin, I'll let you ask the first question. I know we talked before this podcast that you had a, a question you wanted to ask Brady, so we'll, we'll let you have it. So about that Taylorsville game, man. I'm just picking. Blow, blow. I'm just picking. No, I, I really, I, I talked to a few about this on the way here. What got you uh, wanting to coach and what made you, What I guess what started your coaching career? Honestly, um, I just love I love football, I love sports, I love to compete. I really couldn't see myself anywhere else other but doing sports. Um, you know, after high school, when I was in about the ninth grade, we did a career thing. What we wanted to be, I wanted to be an air traffic controller. You know, didn't take long to realize that wasn't the road I wanted to take. You know, but um, got you know just got college playing football. Uh, I would really say you know what really just engraved in my mind that I definitely wanted to be a coach the rest of my life would probably Ray Caldwell. He coached me the offensive line at um, Bellhaven College. And, you know, just the way he coached, uh, his work ethic, um, how he was so hard on us on the field, but off the field he loved us and loved on us so much. So that was the big thing with me. And, you know, just from that point, I just knew that this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life. I, I love kids. I love coaching. I love competition. You know, there's not, I mean, I still get the same chill bumps on Friday night at 34 that I did when I was 15, the first, you know, night I ever played against Knox and Pater in high school, you know. So it's just one of those things. And I hope it always stays like this. I mean, I think, I think we're all destined for something in our life. There's something that we, you know, God means for us to do. And I really feel like this is what he wants me to do. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, it's I wouldn't say it's a little known fact, but I guess most people who who know me and know Dan know that both of us graduated high school together. So a lot of these things, Dan, that I'm going to ask, I've asked you before. We've talked off the record, on the record. Um, but man, you guys are, are rolling this year, uh, eight and one on the season. 
Um, as Kevin so kindly mentioned, <laughs> it, the only loss so far for you guys and for your opponent this week, Enterprise, has been Taylorsville. But, man, uh, you lost a lot of seniors last year. And uh, a lot of a lot of people were kind of expecting a, a, a very mediocre season or, or maybe even worse than that this year. But you guys um, started the season, what, Seven and oh, six and oh, six and oh, six and oh. First time since 1980 the Bay Springs Bulldogs have started six and oh on the season, and, and you've done it with mostly uh freshmen, uh, and, and and guys that may have never you know played meaningful snaps. Uh, how, how have you guys been able to do that this year? Well, um, you know, the, the good thing about Bay Springs, the thing is always, um was real attractive to me, you know, for coming to this job is that, you, you know, you may lose some good players, but you're always going to have the potential to be good, you know. And, you know, this is just a credit to these kids. They work hard. That's what they know is work. I mean, they're, you know, they're brought up a lot like me and you were as kids, James. We had to work. These kids yeah. had to work. So they like challenges. And they've just, they've worked so hard. And, um, you know, we did lose a lot of really, really good players last year. And I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. I made the schedule, talked to the coach. I said, guys, if we scratch three and three through the first six, it's a win for us. But these kids grew up. It may not always be pretty. Um, they just find a way to win. And that's what impresses me more about them than anything. Because I know one day that these little freshmen and sophomores and these juniors that had never played a lot, I know eventually they are going to mature. And, you know, those games that we're struggling in now, we're going to eventually mm-hmm. take over and do really, really well on uh, let me ask you this, Dan. Uh, anytime someone mentions Dan Brady, um, I think of wing T offense. I mean, what is so attractive uh, about the wing T offense to you that you, you, you love running that, that type of offense? Well, you know, I think first you got to run what you know. Now in college, we were five, four wide, throwing it every snap. But that is not what, that is not what I know. Um, that is not what I know at all. And went to Stringer, we ran the eye. And just getting here, converting to the wing tee, I think on a year-in, year-out basis, we're going to have the personnel we need to run the wing tee. Never have huge linemen, usually have fast, you know, quick linemen. And I think it's just suited for us. You know, we're not a team that on a year-in, year-out basis can line up in the pro eye and run the ball. Now, in a couple of years, we'll have those personnel. But right now, we feel like on a yearly basis that our personnel is more geared towards the wing tee with the kids we have. In order to run the wing T offense and run it officially, you, you really need two good backs. And and that's something that you guys have been able to do. Oh my goodness. Somebody squealing tires over there. Uh, something y'all have been able to do and be successful at the wing tees because you've had two backs that can ten, can run the ball really well, uh, especially last season. Uh, and then you lose those guys and you have to bring some guys up this year. Uh, just talk about your backs this year and kind of how you've seen them progress. Um, yeah, you know, um, I probably more than a lot of people, I like, you know, my running backs don't play a, lot, a whole lot of defense. They, they're just running backs. And, you know, these kids, we, you know, with the exception of Ty Jones, Chase Wilson, Marcus Stubbs, for the last two years in practice, they've gotten beat on every day by the varsity defense and learned how to run the football and then got their time. You know, now Chase Wilson, a junior, um, didn't get really hardly any stats as a freshman or as a sophomore, but he's just worked hard. He's gotten better, um, and, and he just does a good job. He's more of a shifty runner for you. He's got that breakaway speed. But the thing I'm probably most proud of about Chase is that there were some things that Chase was not very good at before this year, but he's gotten better at. And right now he's getting where he's sticking his foot in the ground. He's able to hit people and, um, you know, just do really well. And then, you know, you throw Ty Jones in there 
freshman, 6'2", 200 pounds, um, who's still learning. You know, right now we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel on Ty Jones. I mean, I mean, honestly, he looks like a man, but he's still a baby, and he's going to yeah. grow up a lot. And um, He's responding very well to what we do. Um, the thing about Ty is he's going to play running back for us here for four years, but he's probably going to be a Division One linebacker, defensive end. I mean, you know, so you throw those two guys into the mix, Ty's, Ty's more your downhill guy. He'll run you over, but he can also run away from you. Then you throw in a fullback. You got LaMarcus Stubbs. You got Malik Holiday, two quality guys. Probably more balanced this year than we've ever yeah. been. Ty's bumping right at 1,000. Then Chase is bumping right at uh, 700. And then the fullbacks together are probably bumping about 350. So this year, more than a lot of the years past, we got three guys that can carry the ball and do substantial carries for us. Uh, Thursday night, I'll be at Enterprise uh, as y'all play, uh, as y'all play them. Uh, just kind of what have you seen from Enterprise? Uh, both of y'all are, are only have one loss on the year, um, that loss being to Taylorsville. You guys are 8-1. They're 7-1. and one. Uh, Just from watching film and, and, and preparing for this week, uh, what have you seen from Enterprise that may scare you? Um, you know, Enterprise has drastically improved. Uh, Enterprise's head coach, Kelly Jimerson, is my old college roommate, a really good friend of mine. Um, you know, the thing I think that probably scares me the most about Enterprise is the same thing that scares you every year. They make you guard every gap you know they're gonna pack everybody into a box and there's gonna be eight gaps and you gotta fill them if you do, if you make one missed assignment they're gonna they've got the ability to get a good gain on you to take it to the house but i think you know that that scares me every year but the thing this year probably more than anything is they are so much better on defense and tackle so much better but you know we knew this day was coming talked to coach jimerson a couple years ago when these kids were ninth and tenth graders and now a lot of them, you know, are older. Well, I guess when they were ninth graders, now they're all juniors, and they're just so much better. They tackle so much better, and that's something that scares us a little bit about them. Excuse me, um, but um, they're just a really fundamentally well-coached team, and you know, that's. I mean, you know, that's a credit to him and to his staff, Coach Wilkins and Coach Roy. They do a great job. Um, you know, the other thing that really scares you about Enterprise is you may get the ball one time a quarter. You know, so it's. You know, converting, um, unforced errors, uh, all that stuff. You got to keep those to a minimum because you're talking about on a normal night when you get 10 to 12 possessions, you might get six to eight on a regular night versus enterprise. So it's just a high priority and high, you know, um, got to, got to, you know, execute. Uh, one last question um, I'll ask. Uh, we, I was covering the uh, Mize and Puckett game and, uh, you were there. Uh, we talked a good bit there in the second half. Um, you know, after after a loss like y'all had against Taylorsville, what was it about your kids that y'all were able to come out and just completely dominate that game um, and, and respond in the way you did? What was it about the kids in the locker room? What was it about that game plan that just made that very successful? Well, I think it started that Friday. I was standing in the hall watching a class during third block and my superintendent come by and um, said, uh, Dan, don't tell you this much, son, but uh, they're better than you are. That Taylorsville was better than you are. You need to put that one to sleep and move on. I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how much time I would spend worrying about Taylorsville, you know, and, and to, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't talk anything else about Taylorsville. We went to work that Monday. We all about Puckett. We put the Taylorsville loss behind us. Um, and I think that was, and I think that was a lot of it. I think, you know, in the past, 
you know, a couple of years ago, I'd have spent three days raising Cain about Taylorsville and what we did wrong. Right. You know, but what I just started preaching to the kids is from this point on, it's up to us. If we can take care of business every step along the way, we might get an opportunity to play Taylorsville again. So I think that was the biggest thing, just moving on, changing our eyesight, not looking back, looking mm-hmm. ahead, looking to the next opponent. And they just went to work that next week. I, I was never, I'm never worried about the work aspect of it or moving on around here. Um, these kids are so resilient and you know they're just such good kids they 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 want to they want to do right they want to be successful so i mean as far as as far as that goes i mean it's the kids man it's the culture at base springs and i got some buddies that would rip me about saying the word culture but when i mean <laughs> culture i mean the community as a whole a very resilient community and you know it, it was you know we we got over taylor's bill that friday you know whatever saban says 24 hour rule whatever and you know, then it was all about Puckett. And my kids were hungry to go back to work that next week. They were hungry to play Puckett because they wanted to do just like everybody else. They wanted everybody to forget about that Taylorsville loss and move on. And, and that's what they did. And I'm gonna tell you, when they took the bull by the horns, they took the bull by the horns. They didn't yeah. let him go. All right. Well, Dan, man, we appreciate you uh, Thank coming guys. on with us today and, and letting us do our podcast here. And uh, we wish you the best of luck thursday night against enterprise once again bay springs will travel to enterprise thursday night kickoff is slated for 7 p.m all right uh kevin let's go into some of the other games that we'll be attending in week 10 Uh, as i mentioned thursday night i will be at enterprise uh, friday night as long as this game doesn't change and and as far as i know uh, and we'll mention we have several games that have been moved to Thursday. But as far as I know, Sebastopol five and three, uh, coming to Stringer, who's four and five. Both of them are three and two in region play. Uh, that's where I'll be Friday night, good Lord willing. And if the creek don't rise too much, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's been a ton of games moved, and and just just to say, I know. You- just to reiterate what you're saying is there's probably there could be more games to be moved so to take this with a grain of salt but uh thursday uh, i plan on being at uh, long beach and hattiesburg uh hattiesburg place hosts long beach i know long beach is one and seven hattiesburg is two and six but I talked to coach vance yesterday and uh there seems to be uh at least what I felt like, Vance, he hasn't lost any confidence in his team at all. Right. Uh, he, he thinks that they can win out and they can sneak in the playoffs. And kind of like what he said yesterday, you get in the playoffs and anything can happen. And and that's true. So uh, I'm excited to see Hattiesburg and uh, see what they're about. Uh, player of the week was Ryan Briscoe. He's an athlete, man. He's, he's speedy. Um, not sure where I'll be Friday. I'm trying to still kind of kind of decide that. Uh, I know Oak Grove and Brandon are playing, and that's a big matchup. It is in Brandon. Um, haven't decided if I want to make that trip up there, but uh, we'll look and we'll see what games are where. But, uh, yeah, talk about your games uh, that you got coming up. These are the games that have been moved from Thursday night that we know of as of uh, now. Uh, you got Taylorsville, 8-1, and one, traveling to Puckett, who is 4-5. Uh, and five. Uh, Raleigh, 3-5, and five, uh, traveling to St. Andrews Episcopal, who is 2-7. 2-6. and, seven. Uh, two and six, uh, Gaucher. Gaucher, yeah. Yeah, Gaucher. Kind of hard to see with the glare on this uh <laughs> 
this computer screen. Uh, two and six Gaucher, uh, traveling to Wayne County. Wayne County is six and two on the year. Wingfield and South Jones. Wingfield one and eight. South Jones is two and seven. That game will be played on the reservation. Uh, and then some games that were going on Friday night that, like we said, could be moved to Thursday by the time you listen to this podcast later this afternoon. But as of now, they're still scheduled for Friday. You got Winston Academy three and five at Wayne Academy, who's three and five also. You got three and six Forest Hill traveling to Laurel between the bricks. So Laurel is six and two on the season. Another big game that's going to be going on uh, this week. You got Northeast Jones, who is uh, four and five, and I believe two and one in, in district play. They will be traveling to Mendenhall. Mendenhall is four and four and three and zero oh in district play. Uh, once again, another uh, game with uh, kind of big implications. You got Amit School Center, who's one and eight, traveling to Civil Bay Academy, who is three and six. If Civil Bay Academy can win this game, which uh, obviously I believe they can, they will capture their second straight uh, 3A District 3 title, and uh, that'll be good for the Civil Bay Saints, and they'll uh, obviously advance into playoffs. And then last but not least, you got West Jones, 8-0 on the year, will be traveling to Natchez, that three-hour drive. Natchez is 4-4 four and four on the year. Of course, you want to see the predictions uh, of these games be sure to check us out on sports601.com Kevin just kind of go through your games that we got going on in your area Thursday and Friday right this is as of about 1.30 when we're recording this this podcast Uh, we have Thursday night action Stone who is 1-6 they will be playing at Summerall who is 3-6 you have Salem who is 1-7 at Mount Olive 4-5 and And that's a big game for Mount Olive Mount Olive hasn't been in playoffs since 2010 and they could they're right in the hunt for a playoff spot and heating up at the right time so that's a big game for them uh purvis five and four at forest county ag who is three and five uh that's also another one that that could get dicey especially if forest county ag wins yeah um that could get that could get really big for that that district uh, you have Seminarian 5 and 4 at Columbia, who is 8 and 0. And then Friday night, as of right now, uh, you have Oak Grove going to Brandon. Oak Grove is 5 and 3. Brandon is 6 and 3. You have Presbyterian Christian, who is 5 and 4, at MRA or Madison Ridgeland Academy, who is 8 and 2. You have East Marion, who is six and two at North Forest, who is three and five. I believe, if I looked at it right, East Marion has wrapped up that district. Yeah. But uh, North Forest, Perry Central, and Collins are all one and one in that district. So this game is big for North Forest. Uh, so with that, the final game that I have is Perry Central, who is three and five, and they play Collins, who is two and six. So another big district game for them. You can see my predictions at sports601.com and see who I picked on that. So that's my weekend. Yeah, we have a lot of games this week. Uh, if you look at, uh, I believe it's two, three, and four A, they only have two games left in the regular season. Right. And one. 5 and 6A, they have three games left on the regular season. So a lot of these games that we mentioned, Kevin, are going to uh, not necessarily decide uh, regions, uh, but but give us a good picture of, of who's going to get what seating in some of these regions for playoffs. Uh, you know, I mentioned Sebastopol and Stringer. Both of them are three and two in uh, Region 4, 1A, I believe. Yeah. And there's actually three teams in that 
region that are three and two, Sebastopol, Stringer, and Mount Olive. Stringer's already picked up a win against Mount Olive. If they can pick up a win against Sebastopol, they will likely lock down that third spot in region play and, and get a a playoff bid there um so a lot of games this week that that are kind of in that in that range where you know these teams need to win in order to get some some good seating uh for the upcoming playoffs so what's the game that kind of comes to your mind i know you mentioned one just a while ago but uh just talk about a couple more that 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 our potential playoff implications as far as seeding goes. Yeah, Oak Grove and Brandon is is one that's intriguing. That's one I you know I mentioned earlier that I, I thought about going to just because if Oak Grove wins that game, they have a way way better shot at getting at getting in the playoffs. This region is yeah. is tough, and on the same strength, if Brandon doesn't win this game, and this is a, a Brandon team that's been top ten in the state. Yeah, if they lose this game. It's shaky if they make it. Yeah. The Oak Grove, Pearl, Brandon, those those three teams, they went from being top ten teams in the state to where uh, if they lose a game or two, slip up, they're done. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see if Oak Grove can win this game and persevere and get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like the Purvis Forest County game is big uh, and Seminary too. You know, I know it's it's an uphill battle. Because Columbia stacked this year, yeah. But you know, if they could slip out and pull an upset, it would help them immensely. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see uh, see where everybody lands this week. So, yeah. Well, be sure to check us out on Sports601.com uh, tomorrow and Friday for your high school uh, game articles, uh, videos, photos, anything you can imagine. You'll find it there on our website. Before we wrap up our co- podcast today, Kevin, let's talk a little college football. Uh, Thursday night, you have number nine in the country, Jones College. They will be traveling to East Central, and I believe uh, PRCC uh, Friday night will be hosting Mississippi Delta. Thursday night. Thursday night, Thursday excuse night. me. Thursday night. Uh, do you know what the game time on that is? I believe it's six, I yeah. believe. Uh, uh, some of these teams play at six. I'm going to play at seven. It's kind of hard to keep up with. I think for the most part, uh, PRCC has been playing six o'clock games. Uh, so there are your Thursday night JUCO games. No JUCO games uh, in our area going on Saturday. Uh, we do have two games in uh, D1 action going on with our major colleges in Mississippi. You got Southern Miss. They will be traveling to Rice. And then you got Mississippi State traveling to Texas A&M. Ole Miss will have an open date. And uh, Kevin, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard but uh i saw on twitter the other day that john rice Plumley, former oak grove quarterback is having a little minor procedure done on his knee and he will uh they said he's probable for next week against auburn yeah uh, but man you hate to see that at any any point for a kid to to have something like that happen because you know that, that there was an injury that was involved there so um I don't know if you've got to read up on any of that or I haven't. I, I didn't see where he was having a procedure done. Really haven't looked into it too much because obviously they're off. But you know, uh, hopefully he'll be back against Auburn. And Auburn is my team that I kind of root for in college. But I hope he has a great game. I hope yeah. that all of our local guys have a great game. But you know, 
I can kind of pass it off because we have a Hattiesburg player on Auburn's team. So yeah. if Auburn wins, woo, Hattiesburg. There you <laughs> go, baby. <laughs> yeah, we it, man, it seems like the last couple of years, this the Sports 601 coverage area has produced quite a number of, of talented D1 athletes. A lot of them are playing and getting significant playing time. you got Byron Young at Alabama. you got Snoop Connor at Ole Miss. you got John Rice Plumley at Ole Miss. Um, just, just a lot of kids in our area that uh, Octavius Cooley uh, at Ole Miss. You've got uh, uh, at Arkansas State, you got Omar Bayless. Man, he is lighting things up there at the, the wide receiver spot. Just having a great, great year. I think he's leading the nation yes. in receiving yours and yes. things like that. I always knew he would be special. But yeah. I just I just felt like it. And he's he's showing why he's special mm-hmm. in Arkansas State. Uh, Dontario Drummond, not not wanting to leave anybody out. I'm sure I have left some some folks out, but Nathan Pickering, Nathan Pickering, that's that's right. Mississippi State, you got Charles Cross at Mississippi State too. Yeah. So, man, it's this this area has produced some some very talented athletes, and and we enjoy uh, kind of following their games on Saturday and and watching them succeed on the gridiron. Uh, Kevin, just kind of talk a little bit before we wrap up about that Southern Miss Rice game and, and your thoughts on that. Yeah, Southern Miss should be able to. They should be able to handle Rice. I, I don't see any problems there. You know, they had the letdown at La Tech. Of course, we were we were at Mississippi State, LSU, so I wasn't in Ruston. But uh, man, it's so so disappointing for to me uh, that Southern Miss. They kind of gave that game away. I felt like against La Tech, but I, I look for them to get right back on track against Rice. You know, they're still in the hunt. They can still, you know, if La Tech slips up, they they can still make moves in the conference USA but you just you just hate to lose a game like like you did against La Tech yeah. so maybe they'll come out and be focused and uh, take out Rice so I'm excited to see that and uh, Mississippi State Texas A&M I'm just not impressed with A&M I know yeah. you know we talked about it and you picked A&M and, and they did beat Ole Miss but that was the least impressive win yeah. that, that I've watched um, you know as we were on our way back from covering the LSU Mississippi State game I kept looking over at Kevin I said Kevin you want to change your mind you want to change your mind I said I kept telling you that Texas A&M was going to win that game and you were holding steady with Ole Miss and I kept wanting to try to change your mind you know as 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 the game kind of progressed and and you hung with it but yeah uh that was a game to be honest that Ole Miss should have won there's there's really only one loss on Ole Miss's schedule where they should have got beat you know they got beat and they just got beat handily but there's been a lot of games this year i just feel like they're on the cusp of of, of being a, a really decent team just just nothing has seemed to go on their way this year with them close games you got california missouri texas a&m you know all that it's just been just been one hit after another and they just can't seem to get on the other side of that yes it's kind of flip-flop for me like I feel like Ole Miss should be in a much better spot than what they are. I expected State to to kind of, you know, not be mediocre or below average, but I, I expected them to take a step back. You lose two All-Americans on your defensive line and all yeah. that leadership. I kind of expected them to take a step back. But Ole Miss is right there. So if, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think the future's bright. Maybe Matt Luke isn't the guy that's going to get you nine or ten wins. He's an Ole Miss guy. I get that. So, I just – 
kind of wonder, is this Matt Luke's last year? You're an Ole Miss fan. You think he'll he'll make it another year? I think he'll go another year. I think they'll give him another year. Because, you know, this is the first year outside of uh, sanctions and reductions in scholarships and all that stuff. Uh, I just feel like they'll give him one more year, see what he can do as these really talented freshmen become sophomores and, and you know, you get more depth. Uh, that you haven't been able to have in years past just because of the lack of scholarships and stuff. So I think they'll give him one more year. I think out of – I think me and Kevin Williamson, my, our boss, you know, we kind of talked about yesterday, we felt like Joe Moorhead out of him and Matt Luke, he, was, he would probably be the first one to um, be run out of town or <laughs> or catch a new job somewhere else or something like that. Uh, I do feel like they'll give Matt Luke at least one more year um, to see how he will do with these, like I said, these guys that are kind of lighting up the field right now as freshmen. State, uh, fans, state fans have the U-Haul ready. Yes. It feels like for Joe Moorhead. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't know if I blame it completely on, on Joe Moorhead. No, no not at I all. don't, but – you know, obviously, I feel like if he started Schrader against Tennessee, they probably beat Tennessee. Yeah. But you bring in a quarterback from from up north from Penn State, he travels with you. You got to give him every shot. Yeah. To to start. So. Yeah. All right. Well, be sure to check us out on sports601.com for all your high school, JUCO, and college sports updates, articles, photos, and videos. Until the next, until next week, we'll see you out on the field uh, Thursday night, Kevin, because got a lot of games going on Thursday night rather than Friday night, and uh, we may get an off day Friday. Who knows? With all the rain that's coming in, we may have we may go to a game and find out a couple minutes later they've called it. So Definitely. we'll see. All, all right, right, guys. We'll see you later.